Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a test. This station is conducting a test of the emergency broadcasting system. This is only a test. Of all these opinions, this is the one that continues to blindside me, dumbfound me, gobsmack me, thunderstruck Just me. blasphemy. Absolute blasphemy. Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the Everybody procedure, everyone? Calm. What's the procedure? Stay calm! This is the Overreaction Podcast. I am Chase. With me is always my man, Cody. And uh, what a barn burner of a game we just witnessed on Monday Night Football. Ooh. Yeah, man. I think, I think we just – I saw it on Twitter, man. The, the, the 12th man helping out Russell Wilson again, even though he's not in Seattle. That 12th man on the field, not in the stands this time, giving an extra kick to old Will Lutz to put it directly through the uprights. That is a uh, – it's a rough way to go for those Buffalo Bills who are now outside of the playoff picture. Yeah, Denver, uh, you know, the, the placeholder had several miscues tonight and decided to put some, uh, you know, uh, spider tack on and, and you know, make sure that ball didn't go anywhere bet- besides between the uprights. So uh, happy that worked out for, for my Denver Broncos, I think. I don't know if I'm actually all that excited because I feel like they're overachieving right now over the past few weeks. But, hey, you know what? A win is a win. And, uh to see the 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 memes that are going to be made of Josh Allen over the next week plus are just unreal of, of his utter disappointment on the sidelines. It's it's going to be pretty it's going to be pretty brutal coming up here for Josh Allen. He I've already seen that you know it, he's the he's the true Dak Prescott. He's the true turnover king. He's the true <laughs> yeah. loser of games. Um, I truthfully don't care for Josh Allen, the fantasy asset, um, and I don't think the Buffalo Bills really care either. He's going to be their long-term starter for a long time, and I think they get this kind of figured out, but they need a wide receiver too, better than Gabe Davis, who's just really should be more used as a vertical threat. At least they've got Kincaid now to work underneath, but yeah. I think they still need another guy there. Um, and Josh Allen's trying to he's trying to YOLO ball his way to victories, and we've seen that whatever Josh Allen plays that way, it's good for fantasy, but it's probably not all that great for uh, his team winning games. And we saw it tonight. Turn the ball over a lot of times. James Cook has two fumbles, three fumbles if you don't count the one. Or if you count the one that jumped up right back to himself as he was running. He looked like a rugby player out there with the thing. Um, we should see some Leonard Fournette. I don't know honestly why he wasn't activated today, but I can't imagine that Leonard Fournette is not activated for next week after they just went through the ups and downs that they just had to go through with giving Lat Murray uh, like nine plus carries and for hey 70 yards and a touchdown, old Lat Murray doing it. But I do think we have to see some Lenny here soon. 
Yeah, Denver's uh, rush defense is awful, so I was a little surprised to not see Fournette this week. Uh, it sounds like he, you know, Fournette even came out and said his time is coming, so uh, it sounds like he's getting ramped up and ready to go down the stretch here. They need him. They need him. Um, I mean, at least a version of him. <laughs> you know, hopefully he's better than Lat Murray. Like, we're, we're all assuming that he's going to be better than that, uh, but he he won't put the ball on the ground is my assumption too. And I think he's, he's going to be a good fit there in, in Buffalo. So yeah, that pretty much wraps that one up here. We're going to dive into kind of a, a carousel this week. And we're going to start it between this week and next week, because there's too much to get into uh, to cover all positions this week. So we are going to do running backs, wide receivers and tight ends this week and kind of get into some of that uh, churn and burn on our roster. Also what the NFL will be potentially churning and burning and some decisions they're going to have to make. And so uh, as we wind down the fantasy season, maybe there's some players we need to be targeting. Maybe there's some players we need to be moving off of uh, and, and figuring that out before our trade deadlines hit here and see which assets we want to kind of target or, or, or transition away from. Uh, but yeah, man, like go ahead. Yeah, we got, we got a lot of free agents coming up. We got a lot of guys who could be cap casualties coming up whenever we do get to next year. And it seems like it's a long ways away, but it'll get here before you know it. And especially if you are one of those leagues that's coming up on a quick trade deadline here, you don't want to be holding these dead assets that you have no idea what the future holds for them. I don't really want to be betting on the guys that are hitting free agency to potentially get better spots. We're going to see it in the running back room. Holy hell, it is a absolute... It's just a dump of bodies and every old player, all of that 2017 class is now getting out and hitting their free agency market. It's going to be an absolute hell landscape at running back this year for a lot of these guys. What does that mean that a lot of them re-sign to try to just get whatever deal they can? We heard a lot of running back contract talk throughout this offseason. It's going to get even worse next one because of how many just bodies there are that can serve incredibly useful roles for the NFL. But when there's 30 of them on on free agency, Man. between free agency and the draft, there's no reason to really pay any of them more than just replacement level value. And that's kind of what we've seen in the dynasty landscape. It's reflective of what we're seeing in the NFL as well. So we're going to try to go through, get through all of these guys that are going into free agency into 2024, try to get you guys some you know, safety blankets, try to pivot off of some of these guys who might have a little bit more long-term security moving forward. I think we're going to try to hit the running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends today if we have time, and then dedicate a full episode next week to the quarterback carousel. Yep, absolutely. So uh, before we dive in, again, make sure you check out everything that's going on with DestinationDevi.com. Incredible tools with the War Machine, Trinity Tracker, uh, just uh, a great place to to be for really maximizing your roster, maximizing your team's potential as well. Uh, tune into everything that's happening here on Destination Debbie Radio. All of the podcasts that are dropping uh, from the you know Jeff Mueller's injury report, us here, Scott, Ray, Jay, Rich. You know we have Ike and uh, and Gene on Thursdays here, and of course we have our college football recap on Saturday with Gump and Derek. Got to tap into everything that's happening here on Destination Devi and make sure you are in that Heisman tier if you can. Again, check out DestinationDevi.com. Uh, find the tier that best fits you. But if you are in Heisman, you will get nonstop access to all of the content creators here at Destination Devi uh, to truly make you a the best possible fantasy player you could be. And if you are in the Discord, you can also get access to everything that's recorded within the Discord. Those, yep. those consist of the AMAs and the Monday morning drives with Shane and 
and Scott. And typically, you know, if I actually wake up on a Monday morning, sometimes I'll jump in there too. So you get access to all those through an RSS feed if you want it, if you are a part of the Discord. Just ask somebody and we can get that signed up for you. And then also all of the articles that are dropping each and every day on the website as well, along with all of those Trinity trackers, the war machine, the league simulators, everything that you could possibly want over there. There's a ton of content. I can't even get through it all. Literally two to three pieces <laughs> dropping sometimes a day. There's so much stuff over there, probably more that you can even take in and read. If you are rocking at the highest level with Destination Devi, you have so much content that you could possibly want. So just get in, dive in, become a better Dynasty fantasy football player. And if you want, follow us on X at Trophy Chase TFDR, me at Cody Smith TFDR. And I think that's all the plugs we got to do. So let's get to some of these guys who uh, they're not going to be plugged into a lineup for their teams in 2024 next year. I mean, they'll be plugged in, but like, let's start with, let's start with the heavy hitters that we, we know will be plugged in or should be plugged into a lineup. Um, and, I, I don't know if we we'll want to go through all of them at the same time, but like, I, I want to start off with King Henry real quick here um, and just talk about the fact that he's a free agent, right? Like, you know, we, we talked about him this off season, hoping he'd get traded. Philadelphia may have been interested. Um, you know, Oh, there's, there's the possibility of him getting moved to, to some other contender, the, the Ravens being in the mix. He's a free agent. He can go anywhere he wants to go. If someone's willing to pay him, <laughs> I don't know what he expects his market to be, um, I don't know. Like, I think that's going to be the biggest thing with all of these running backs is that market. You, you touched on it a little bit earlier is, is there a, a market where they're willing to pay some of these guys? Cause there are some names like Derek Henry. I'm just going to go with, I have to Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, Austin Eckler. Like those are the, that's like the top tier. And like, I'll just stop there just for the sake of like that being the, I, what I would say is like the top tier free agents of this class. And all free agents. Do you think any of them resign any of those five resign with the team they're currently on? I think the two that you said there that I would give the best chance to resign are going to be Henry and Eckler. Um, I think Jacobs could easily move on. Barkley, I think is as good as gone and Pollard. I think is as good as gone as well, especially with the performance that he's put on the field and the cash that he's probably going to think that he deserves. I think the biggest thing for Henry, I mean, the, this team isn't going to change, right? It's going to still be Will Levis. It's going to be um, it's going to be Vrabel, and they're going to probably try to run the same exact thing they've been running out there for the last five years and be mediocre to maybe just slightly above average if Will Levis can take a step forward. Um, Derek Henry is turning 30 here in a couple of weeks, actually. So happy early birthday to old King Henry here towards the end of the season. <laughs> And uh, but but that's that age cliff. It's that 30 year old age cliff for King Henry. And it's going to it's going to be interesting. I think he just I think he probably still signs back with the Tennessee Titans. And I think they just keep giving him one year contracts from here on out. I don't really see any other any other team. What other team really runs that type of a system where you just have that heavy of a power back who needs those like 15 to 20 touches? I know we've got Ty J Spears here and he's actually seen a good bit more of a workload comparatively to what we've seen any running back take away from uh, take away from Derrick Henry in the past couple of years, but it just seems like a good, too good of a fit for a team that's going to do the same thing each and every year. I don't know why you would move on from Henry. And I think you just try to get him back on a one-year deal again. I think that's, that's the thing though. It's like, they're going to want him back uh, on a different deal. I could see Tennessee being a team because they have a ton of cap money, uh, cap space next year that they would be willing to actually pay for him to come back, maybe on a two-year deal, just keep him happy, face the franchise, um, you know, just another, again, 
one of the best running backs, at least statistically over the past few years to, to help your young quarterback. Cause it sounds like they're going to be transitioning away from, from, you know, we can get into that another day, but uh, from Ryan Tannehill. So you're going to have a young quarterback there. Why not have a powerful running game? But I do, I could see Derrick Henry also being frustrated with his role this year. It, it doesn't, he is one of those guys that needs those touches and, and, he also needs a breather and a break, but at the same time, it's like, how do you find that balance for a guy like Derrick Henry? Um, is that going to be in Tennessee? Will that line improve? Like what's, I, I would have a tough time seeing that one happening um, unless they are the ones that open up the wallet and give him like a, a two year contract and say, look, man, come back, be the face of our franchise, retire a Tennessee Titan type of thing. Yeah, I I would go more on the fact that they just give him a one by ten year million dollar deal. As long as you're healthy and playing, yeah. you just get one by ten. Maybe. Oh man, what a weird year! <laughs> like it's just one of those things. Like it's gonna be so weird this off season. But uh, he's one I'm very interested in monitoring because uh, he could be one that would be willing to take uh, either less money in multiple years um, or even just go chase a ring at this point. I, I don't know if he's gonna That's get that with too. Tennessee. If he's gonna just go out there and ring chase, um, you know. Dallas is missing Zeke. I know we always pick Dallas as a running back landing spot, but clearly they need it. Um, so I'm going to keep saying it until it happens, but clearly they need an actual they need, like they still hammer. need a thumper. Yeah, they, yeah. S- they still need a thumper. And honestly, they're going to need a uh, they're, they're going to need both of their backs refilled because they're also losing Pollard. So let's just get into Tony Pollard being a free agent coming off of uh, trying to go into his contract year and. Man, it is. Uh, it's not a good year for Tony Pollard to be going into that contract year, playing on the franchise tag this year. No chance that they're going to tag him again. That's not going to happen to any running back at this point anymore. You're not getting double tagged as a running back with how the market is going right now. I don't think there's any reason they resign him unless, I mean, he just takes a massive pay cut for what he probably thinks he's going to be worth on the market. This is one where, you know, it. What is, what is his outlook? We're going to get into this with trying to look at the dynasty value with all these running backs. They are subject. Whenever you're not on that rookie contract, whenever you're not in your first or second year, you hold no intrinsic value other than what your projected production is going to be next year. And if you can't tell me what team he's going to be on, what situation he's going to be in, like any one of these guys could be the next Dalvin Cook and just completely disappear to almost be cuttable right now. And that's the scary thing with any of these guys. It's the reason you want to move off of these guys that are free agents because you just don't know. There's too much unknown and too much risk. Pollard is definitely one that I want to get off of, man. Like best case outcome, he's like a DeAndre Swift, but even that was a trade from where he was. I think that's probably like your best case outcome for Tony Pollard right now is that he gets back in a system where he can truly be used as the kind of hybrid back that he was whenever Zeke was there. But the, but the chances that it happens, I mean, it, it, it could range wildly anywhere depending on where he goes. So it, it's a guy that I do not have any faith in moving forward. For yeah, and for Pollard, based on what we're seeing this year, I mean, this is the first season he's rushed for under four yards a carry. He's usually been in that four and a half yards a carry plus kind of range. I know yards per carry isn't everything, um, but it, it's definitely been different for him. Still getting some good targets. I, there's obviously one landing spot that comes to mind. I think that everyone would be like, oh, yeah, that's perfect. Um, and that's going to be meeting up with uh, with his old offensive coordinator and Kellen Moore and going into the Los Angeles Chargers, who have a running back there that they use eerily similar to how Tony Pollard should be used. So that is a landing spot that I think would be like, oh, yes, match made in heaven. Uh, but again, it's like if you're debating between Pollard and Eckler, who will touch base on here, uh, who, who are you willing to pay? 
I could see them using this this running back market against the running backs and just saying like, look, like one of you is going to be willing to take the one year deal. Like you said, the one year, $10 million deal that Derrick Henry gets or, you know, uh, same kind of thing. It's like instead of it being a franchise tag, here's your one one year deal. Show us what you got. And if you can do it again, we'll, we'll resign you for another one year. It sucks, but like that's kind of what I feel like is going to happen with all five of these running backs. It's just gonna, it's, they're going to be pit against each other. It's the Saquon deal, and the only reason you're really yeah. getting that is because there was the tag that you could also go on to as well. I mean, honestly, these guys are probably going lower than the ten million dollar range. Like they're probably yeah. getting down into like eight, six to eight. I mean, I mean Mon- Monty was an eight million dollar man this year. Like I think he was the, the the I guess peak free agent that actually signed a contract. I think he got eight million a year for three years. And so I could I could see I could see someone getting more than that. Like I think Barkley is going to get double digits. I think Barkley will get a double digit, you know, ten million plus kind of contract. He he will want fourteen, but he'll get offered in that ten to eleven million dollar range. I think he's probably the biggest name that's actually going to get signed here. Uh, it's just going to be a mystery as to where he is going to go. Um, but he is one that I would still want. Dynasty Pollard, yeah, I'm out on. Never really was all that high on him. Uh, I was excited a little bit this year with the potential of him taking over that same exact role that he had last year, uh, just to see if you know maybe he can catch himself, you know, enough passes to uh, and hit explosive plays to to be an Eckler of that offense. But he's never he never was going to get ninety targets. That's just not what he what he does. I mean, he's he's pacing for right now, I believe, to get like seventy targets. So um, yeah, it's it's going to be a very interesting offseason for Tony Pollard. I think he's going to be uh, sadly mistaken for what he could be. But uh, where do you want to go next with this one? I'll I'll stick there between those two, the Pollard and the Eckler ones. Um, if we just jump in between those two. Yeah, I do. I do think that that's going to be the situation that a lot of people are going to say, hey, it's the it's the perfect fit. Go back with the OC. But I think both of them, I think, honestly, if you're the Chargers, you look at those two and you're just like, hey, which of you two is going to take less money this year? Like that's all you do. You can just kind of pay whichever one of them yeah. wants to take the contract and whichever one of them bites first at the money, honestly is probably going to walk away, walk away better at the end of the day. Um, do, do you see anything different with Eckler? Do you think he has a better chance than Pollard to maybe stay in that offense? I think they're both the same. I mean, they're both similar style guys. Um, I, I I think you're, you hit the nail on the head. It's whoever's willing to take less and come back. The Chargers were obviously very stingy with with Eckler this offseason when he tried to uh, renegotiate or get a contract extension. Like it just it just didn't happen. Um, I, I don't know what the tag is this offseason for the running backs. That is something I, I would be interested in seeing because Austin Eckler, I could see being one that like if the market isn't what they wanted on Pollard or if they can't find somebody, I could see them potentially tagging Austin Eckler. Um, and just having him be in that, I think it's probably going to be 10 to $12 million range again, and just say, here you go. Here's your tag and enjoy your one year. We'll bring you back. You'll be 20. He's 28 turning 29. I think he just turned 28. So he'll be 29 next year and then, uh, he'll be 30 the following off season. So yeah, we'll see what, what 30 year old Austin Eckler actually looks like. Your projected 2024 franchise tag is $13.138 million. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> maybe you don't tag it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's an option though. Like it's it's on the table to see see what's out there. Uh, but again, like you're gonna have to make that decision in March, so um, gonna be tough. 
going to be tough for either one of them, but I, I do think it, it feels like one of those two just has to fit there, right? Like it, one of the two is just going to be left out and probably isn't going to be as good, and whichever one sits in that offense is probably the one you want. That's assuming, though, that this entire offense stays the same because I don't know what the future of Brandon Staley holds if this team misses another playoffs and is Kellen Moore just step right into an off, step right up from offensive coordinator in, to interim to head coach. I don't know what that looks like. So could could be a completely different change again the, in Los Angeles. The big thing I'll just mention with the Chargers and then just something to kind of keep an eye on is like currently, and I know the salary cap is a fictitious number, but like currently they are $44 million in the hole in 2024. They do have contracts like Khalil Mack, which is cuttable. Uh, there's some things they can work around with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Like there are some other names on there we'll, we'll get into in a little bit as well that can help out with that figure, but it could make them a little more frugal in the free agent market if, uh, uh, if they have to be. So uh, we'll be something to monitor for for the Chargers, but I would imagine they're bringing somebody back because it's not going to be Josh Kelly and Isaiah Spiller next year. No, I can't. you can't assume that it it's going be. to be that. It really can't be, especially with all these guys that we're going to go through here in a bit. Let's talk about the last two of this group, though, and that is Jacobs and Barkley. Those are the two that I don't think really have almost any shot of re-signing with their own team unless the Raiders somehow turn it around here with the new uh, interim head coach and potential you know, long-term future head coach if everything ends up working right throughout the rest of the season. That's the only way that I see Jacob staying around Barkley. I can't imagine you stay around for another year of that rebuild after you just got tricked into it basically this year. Yeah. I mean, his, his incentives were on like playoffs and super bowl and him being better than him as a rookie and all those types of things. And, you know, as far as like the added bonuses for his contract, there's no way they tag him and there's no way that he opts to just come back to New York unless, unless they meet his contract demands. Like, I think that's the whole thing with the running back market is if, they'll go wherever the money is. And if oh, someone's sure. willing to actually do that, uh, sure, I could see him resigning there. But if it's everyone's just going to kind of hold hold their ground, all these organizations are going to hold their ground, there's a 0% chance he's coming back to New York. Yeah, those are those are two of the scariest ones for me out of this range because I don't think there's any reason they – I don't think there's any way they go back to where they are right now, or at least it's not a good percentage chance that they do. And where do they end up? Where do they end up going and for how much money and for what type of workload? It's completely unknown to me. And so those are the two highest risk of this little like upper echelon tier of vets that I really don't want to be holding on to right now going into the offseason. Yeah, I think the and just kind of touching on these five before we dive into to the rest, we'll kind of tier these out. Um, these five for fantasy purposes, for dynasty purposes, like obviously Henry, uh, Eckler, you know, they're they're up there in age, but they've always been high producers. Then you have Jacobs, Barkley, and Pollard, a little bit younger, but still, you know, been RB1s, so to speak. Uh, Pollard kind of fringing on that at this point, had his one year. In fantasy, in dynasty, like at this point, if you have them on your roster, like you're probably competing if you have those five. Um, if you don't, like, what are you doing with them? If you're looking to make a transition, like you hold them through the offseason, you're just going to take what you can get and run. Like, what, what are your thoughts on how to handle some of these guys? We'll we'll get into a couple of them later, but I'm trying to pivot off to a different running back that I just think is a little bit more safe. Pivot off to some of these guys that we're going to go through that have the contracts that look like they're going to be locked up into 2024, where we know what their projected role is going to be. Um, that that's kind of what I'm looking to do. And then you just you just want to tear off. You want to pivot. So give me give me the second. If it, if I can't get a first, a lot of these guys with the running back market as it currently is, you're probably not going to get a first. You're going to get a first from a contender, and you just got to take it. Um, you, you you take the second you take the tear off and you try to pivot to an asset that you think is 
uh, a replaceable level running back, which a lot of these guys that we're talking about are in that range of replacement level. And then you you take a little bit, you try to get a little bit of an extra value in terms of the pick on top of it. That's about all you can do, especially if you're holding it on a dead asset team. You just got to take what you can on a lot of these guys. Hold the liquid value that's so much more stable because you don't have the rest of the season that they could potentially take an injury. You don't have the off season that you don't know where they're going to go. Off season injuries happen as well. And then you still have to get a contract paid out actually get on a team and then go through all of training camp and have the role that is projected the same as it was this year. Like there's just so many things that have to happen. So you liquidate, liquidate that capital right now into a thing that has no risk going forward in the draft capital and take that and run with it and just hold that and then reinvest it whenever the next season comes around. Yeah, I feel the same way. I feel like if you have that opportunity, that's what you need to do. Uh, If you can't sell, like there's some leagues where people just, have no need for it, or they're going to offer you thirds. Um, you know, people are going to be like, Hey, here's a, here's two thirds for Derrick Henry. It's like, okay, well, like, is that really what you want to do? Can you wait till he, he actually signs and, and you know, he's back in the league to, to get something better than that. Uh, but that'd be about the only reason I'd consider holding is if you're just getting squeezed out. So uh, let's get into the next tier here. I'm just going to kind of clump them all together for sake of time. Like we have um, Dalvin cook, Deandre Swift, JK Dobbins, Zeke Elliott, AJ Dillon, and I'll stop at Antonio Gibson. The other ones we'll we'll touch on as kind yep. of a bottom tier, but Cook, Swift, Dobbins, Zeke, Dillon, and Gibson. And Dobbins is kind of generous, to be honest with you. I think he might be. He Dalvin might be Cook done. is honestly generous. He's being That's outplayed true. by Michael Carter, and he's almost a cut candidate if you got him best ball. So he, he's oh, he's ge- he's generous to be in this one too. I mean, it's 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 the narrative of why we don't pay these guys, these old running backs. Everyone that we're talking about, we all thought that Dalvin Cook was going to get some sort of big contract, go go to a team, and have have the role that he should have had. If he kept, if he stayed in Minnesota, Minnesota said, nope, no reason that we're going to keep you around. And somebody finally took the bait with the Jets and they're barely using him anymore because Brees Hall is actually a good running back who's young. So this is what this is. That's the fear of any of these old guys. You don't know where they're going to go and they find They find their place somewhere in a team like the Jets and have no role and they just get phased out. I don't even know if you could get a third for Dalvin Cook right now. So maybe he finds another spot, another home in 2024. But there's a chance that he's just a backup running back for the rest of his career and is the next Latavius Murray out here. Yeah, I, I think Dow, uh, Dobbins, if you can get anything for him at this point, like trade him. <laughs> Dobbins, like if you can get anything for him. Otherwise, there's a good shot he's done. Like the, he, he I, I've been the staunchest of J.K. Dobbins supporters. I have, I just, I just loved the talent. And we, we, we saw flashes of it, but man, he just can't stay healthy. So now coming off of the, the Achilles, I, I don't know when, if ever, he's going to get his Donta Foreman type chance. Like, can, will he get a chance in two years? I don't know. Uh, but I, I think the comparison, really the comparison that you can make between J.K. Dobbins is he, he's, he is having that same speed bridge procedure that Rodgers is having where his projected comeback yeah. like mid-December, but it's the same one that Cam Akers got, right? And Cam Akers came back and actually played. I think the difference, though, is Cam Akers still had a contract to be played out. Yep. And 
J.K. Dobbins is going into a free agency year. So what that role looks like, what team is willing to take that risk with the guy coming off of the Achilles from what we've seen post uh, post the quick comeback from Cam Akers, I don't know what team is going to be willing to risk themselves on a any any term of large capital. He's not going to get a primary role. I do think he's going to be back in the league and playing in 2024. So, I mean, if you want to like, if you want to try to like make a speculative, like a buy him for a third, just to hold on a tank team that doesn't really need him for the rest of the year. I'm okay with it. Cause he probably has that value somewhere down the line as a backup, but he's, he's never going to be what we thought he could be within the, within the Raven system. So just another body, just another guy that's going to be a role player probably for the rest of, for the rest of his career. Yeah. I mean, I think of all these like Dalvin Dobbins, AJ Dillon, like I, I don't want them on my rosters. Like I just don't. Like if I can get rid of them for anything, I am. AJ Dillon for me is one that's probably going to get re-signed in in Green Bay. Um, I just don't see there being a market for him, but he fits exactly what Green Bay wants to do. Um, you know, it just it just makes sense. He's going to sign a nice cheap deal, two years, you know, six million dollars, something like that, where it's just like, all right, here's three million a year. Welcome back, AJ Dillon. Come back and do your do the same thing over and over again. Um, I'd say the two that I'm most interested in is probably DeAndre Swift and crazy enough Zeke Elliott. It does. I, I don't know about Zeke because the team that he's currently on looks like they are headed for a absolute nuke rebuild. And I don't know if you're going to keep Zeke Elliott around for that. Now he does still look like he's got some juice and he looks like, uh, you know, the, the Cowboys probably wish that they kept him around for this year. Honestly, if you, if you just paid him even anything, they probably should have done that. Um, he's, he's still got some juice though. And so if you want to just keep Zeke Elliott around as that third, but like really in a lineup, when are you ever actually happy to start? So you you can have him and you can just have him as kind of that depth replacement level running back. But other than that, there's no reason to go out and like actually acquire him. Uh, I don't, I don't think there's not really any reason for teams to do it either. He's just going to be a, he's just going to be a ground and pound guy for whatever team he goes to. And probably you'd never really want to start him in fantasy outside of just, the replacement you bought him for a third and he can fill in he's a best ball that, that i think will have a role next year i think we've seen enough out of him where it's just like he's not going to be back in i would doubt he's back in new england but he just seems like a guy that's going to get a job uh going to have a role in an offense and and he's just going to continue you know grinding out yards grinding out carries and hopefully he goes to a situation that's that's you know kind of plentiful like I'm interested to see where he goes uh but it's not necessarily where i think he's going to all of a sudden just be an rb2 again um deandre swift however that's one honestly like i don't see any reason the philadelphia eagles don't try to re-sign him with the success that they're having with him in that system right now i don't know what his market what he's going to try to demand on market whenever he does hit that free agency but i don't see any reason why the philadelphia eagles try to will want to let him leave if they can get the contract done yeah, that'll that that is going to be the big thing. Is again, what is this running back market actually going to look like? You know, we've uh, kind of touching on the twenty twenty four class a little bit. It's not a super. It's not even a good class. Like it's just an average running back class. There's no, there's no first round running backs happening here. There might be a second rounder. Might be a maybe two second rounders kind of that that pop into the picture. But for fantasy purposes it's just going to be a cluster man. So I I do think there's going to be some incentive for some of these teams to resign guys like Swift. And so I could see him going back to Philadelphia, sticking it out, taking himself a, you know, 
maybe a six million, seven million dollar type of deal to stick around in Philadelphia, get a couple of years because of his age, and just run it back. Like being on a contender, him finally be being utilized, staying healthy so far, knock on wood. Um, I think that is a situation he'd be happy to go back to. And that's a that's a player that one of the few in this range that I'd actually be somewhat willing to make the pivot to and just bet on him coming back and being in the same role. Um, a lot of these guys, though, like what I what I don't want to do is look at like Antonio Gibson right now and be like, oh, when he escapes Washington, he's going to finally be used like he should be used. But like, it was just Ron Rivera the entire time not using him correctly. He's going to have a breakout whenever he goes to a new system and, and he could finally be utilized correctly. That's not the bet you want to make. That's not a bet I ever want to make with any of these type of running backs. If you can, if you can pick them up in in some sort of a tear down, perfectly fine with it. But I'm not betting on. I'm not paying up to try to bet on him to be the one who's the outlier, the one who hits the perfect situation, the one who finally is released and gets the role he always deserved. No, because after four years in the league, five years in the league, most of these guys we probably know what they are, and they're probably going to go. How many names have we brought up already? I think we're probably at like uh, 12 running backs already, plus what you're going to have in the rookie class coming in. None of these guys are going into a role where they're probably going to be the main and only guy. So don't try to bet on that. Yep, I do. I, I do agree with you. I think Swift is the only one I'd be interested in buying or tearing down from one of these other names um, and accumulating capital just because he is young. And I think he still has that that dynasty name that has a, a little bit of shine, like you can kind of, you know, buff it and you see like, oh yeah, I remember this thing used to be real shiny and nice and everyone used to love him. Um, and, and we've seen flashes this year where he he has been electric and has put up some really good fantasy performances. So uh, that I, I'm with you a thousand percent. He's one I'm, I'm interested in. And I could also see him getting a Miles Sanders contract and disappearing off into nowhere as well. So um, that's just the nature of running back at this point. And so uh, let's talk about some quick dust guys. Uh, Kareem Hunt, Cam Akers, CEH, Devin Singletary, Gus Edwards, CPAT, all free agents as well. Um, all of them, you just hope that they get a, a role. Like if you have a, a best ball roster, you, you hope that they get a, an opportunity as the number two on a team. And we saw Devin Singletary get his opportunity. And he's he's given you a couple weeks here for uh, for the Texans. But again, free agent Gus Edwards has potentially like league winning upside if he continues to or if he doesn't get you know his role taken away by keaton mitchell but it's like he's had production all year long um you just hope that these guys get on a two deep and have uh, a kind of rbbc role but uh any hope for ceh in, in a fresh situation cam Akers with his bionic legs in two years <laughs> yeah when, once you tear both your achilles you can't really tear him again right um right no, I mean, he, he hasn't really looked good ever since. And on it, there's been some of the behind the scenes stuff as well that people have some questions about that I have questions about during his time with the Rams where he you know stepped away from the team multiple times and they finally just basically force traded him. And uh, actually, I think that because of, he didn't hit the he didn't hit the uh, the minimum requirement for that trade. So it's literally just going to void and they sent him to him for free. I believe that that is the <laughs> final accumulation of that yeah. trade because he didn't hit the 500 yard mark for the six seventh conditional swap to kick in. So uh, sent him away for free, but now honestly, the, the only ones that I really care about in this range 
Singletary, I honestly, I know he had a good week last week, but he also had 13 for 26 the week before. So uh, he's he's still Devin Singletary. Don't don't read too much into the 150 yard performance this week if you uh, if you really want to bet in on that. I would I would bet against that as a as a Houston Texans fan. Uh, it's not been good any other game except for the last one. So <laughs> I'll stay away. The only two that I really have any interest in maybe in the next year is like Kareem Hunt and Gus Edwards resigning with their teams. Both feel like they've been around the organization for so long. They've been in the systems. Just bring back your guys on cheap contracts, old guys who could just see their see their same exact role next year. But again, not going out and acquiring them on the on the bet that they stay in the same system. Yeah, all, all guys I want off my roster as I'm tra- especially if I'm not competing, if I'm looking to to make moves. Like you should be able to find a buyer for Kareem Hunt. I know Peter's out there trying to find one and he can't, but like you're you're trying to find a buyer for some of these guys. Like just give me a third, a fourth, and some fab. Like just can you get them off of your roster so that you can kind of pivot to the offseason and make some uh, some additional transitions. Um speaking of some potential transitions, let's get into some potential candidates that that could be cut. And these are the kind of more interesting names with you know situations to monitor this offseason. But uh, a few guys, James Conner, he has an $8.5 million cap hit and $3 million dead cap. Uh, for a running back, I know that's kind of cheap, but you can save 5.5 mil against the cap. So he would be a potential cut candidate that you kind of look out for, but with no one else in that backfield. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think they just say one There's- more year. They're kind of that one kind of along the same lines of the Derrick Henry and they're just so flush with cash next year. Like, why would you not just drop 8.5 and actually have a running back that can protect Kyler Murray? Yep. (laughs) Either either that or you're just drafting a rookie, right? Like you just draft two rookies in the fourth and the sixth round and you just try to roll those out there because I can guarantee you it's not Keontae Ingram. And as much as Demarcado has stepped in a little bit, he's also a liability in the past game. And he's a little bit better of a runner than than Keontae Ingram, but it's not by much. So I do I do think that James Conner is probably one that's a little bit on the safer side. Five point five million for this team probably isn't going to matter too much. Another one that's probably like I have a tough time seeing just because of the team itself. But Joe Mixon, uh, eight point five million dollar cap hit. If they cut him, it's five point seven five million saved. And there's just no one else there, man. Like there's no there's no incumbent running back where you like the there's any hope for it like yeah you know what we don't need mixon like you they need mixon they need joe mixon in the worst possible way is what I, I it seems been, like i've been horrified all year if that man gets an injury this backfield then goes to travion williams chris evans and uh oh my and brown out of syracuse or illinois and it's it would look god awful if mixon leaves this backfield for any length of time i do kind of agree with you i do think they might try to do the old uh hey we we worked your contract last year and you accepted it and we're going to need you to rework it again this year if you really want to stick around but they need him like you said they try they tried to draft a rookie and he hasn't done anything this year um so maybe they go back to the waters again draft another rookie in the fourth or fifth round maybe he actually hits but it feels like, again, you need somebody that you can trust to protect protect Joe Burrow. And maybe they bring in another one of these free agents. I could see that because I don't I don't know how you keep betting everything on Joe Mixon staying healthy each and every week because we've seen it without it. And you don't have Samaj P. Ryan this year either. It's going to look god awful down the stretch if he does suffer an injury. Hopefully not. And uh, they need something else, though. Even if Mixon does resign, they need something else other oh, than yeah. what they currently have. 
they will definitely be bringing in a body of some sort. They will be drafting someone or, or signing a free agent to to help out in some way, shape, or form. And uh, another one staying in the same division. Uh, sadly, uh, Nick Chubb is actually a potential cut candidate here. He has $15.8 million against the cap. Uh, they can cut him and save $11.3 million. So no million chance he's getting $16 million next year. Zero percent chance coming off of an injury um, and his age and the running back market. Like he's either going to restructure to stay or he will not be a Cleveland Brown. Um, no way he plays on that contract. Honestly, with as good as Jerome Ford's looked like, if you can just bring back Kareem Hunt and Jerome Ford, uh, it's it's honestly looked pretty good with that little duo that they've got there. Uh, no reason to even restructure. Ch- I could see him being off of this team unless they just kind of want to do the, hey, you've been really good for the franchise. We're going to do right by you. But you've also got a Deshaun Watson contract that's going to start kicking <laughs> in pretty heavily here. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how Chubb gets re-signed to this team unless he takes a he goes all the way down to hey, you've got four mil dead cap. We'll pay you four mil for the year if you want to come back. Yeah, I, I, I could see it's just it has to happen. It, that contract won't last. So uh, again, another potential aging running back that's talented that could be a free agent to be um, if he does not want to restructure. And and as much as we love quote unquote the the best pure runner in call in, in the NFL, um we've seen what happens with with Dalvin Cook. Like I hope that does not happen with with Nick Chubb, but again, any one of these guys can just poof disappear before you know before our eyes. So uh I'm gonna kind of skip a couple guys just for the sake of for sake of time and potential. Like Aaron Jones is a potential cut candidate, but he does have twelve million dollars against the the cap or as far as dead cap goes. He has a $17.7 million cap hit. I could see him restructuring, but there's no way that they cut him and just eat $12 million dead. Uh, that, so that was that's going to be a very interesting contract to kind of monitor. Um, otherwise, like you think Miles Sanders is the way they're treating him, but they don't save anything against the cap. Uh, Monty sticking around, JT, Kamara, like everyone, they got their contracts. Kamara is the one that's I, I could see restructuring with $16.7 million dead and $18.9 million cap hit. But like the rest of them, I think it's just they're it's going to ride out. Yeah, these are the, these are the safe running backs. I I don't want to pivot to Miles Sanders. Obviously, that's not the one that I want to pivot to. But if I can pivot to the Aaron Jones, the David Montgomery, the Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor with what his you know value is and what the contract he has, he's going to be pretty much unattainable in a pivot off from one of these older guys, one of the guys that you don't really know what their role is going to be. So he's probably out of the picture. But it, the Aaron Jones, David Montgomery, and Alvin Kamara are the ones that I'm looking at to try to pivot off to. Looks like they're probably going to be in their system next year. Camara, I kind of agree with you, but they'd have to probably do a post-June one cut to get that cap split out over two years instead of eating $16.7 million dead cap. Yeah, it'd be like a restructure situation, I think, more than anything. Like, I just feel like they, they don't want to give him that seven, you know, $17 million guaranteed, essentially, this year. Right. <laughs> Yeah, they'll, they'll probably hold the June 1st over his head and try to force him to re, re, restructure the deal. Um, Aaron, jo- But th- these are the ones, though. These are the names that I think actually really matter here. It's Aaron Jones, David Montgomery, and Alvin Kamara, the ones that I'm, I will actually – those are my m- main pivot targets because they do have the contract locked up right now. Yeah, and I, I know, again, we're talking one-year window, so everyone's probably thinking, like, Aaron Jones, like, isn't he aging, and isn't he, you know, been awful this year? It's like, yeah, he's been banged up, but, you know, he still had some decent enough performances. This team has not been wonderful, um, so it has not been a very good 
team to kind of uh to track down but uh aaron jones is still he still looked good uh good enough especially with given this offense so who knows what will actually happen but he's going to be a, a starting running back in the nfl and he's going to be cheap to acquire because i'm sure he's not going to cost you a first to try and get probably a single second gets you aaron jones if you want to buy him um at this point in time so that's, take, that's, yourself, take yourself off the Pollard or the Saquon. And yeah. It might not be the value you want, but take the second and Aaron Jones. Like you can probably get stuff like that done. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's the, that's the moves I'm trying to make in this running back market. All right, let's get into wide receivers here. Cause Holy cow, we spent like an hour on friggin' running backs. <laughs> um, so wide receivers here, we got a, we got some, some fun free agents here. Uh, it's not a super deep class, but there is some talent that I think is going to be interesting. Uh, we'll, hear it again t higgins michael Pittman, mike evans hollywood brown calvin ridley i'll stop there i'm going to keep calvin ridley up there uh despite the fact of him not playing super great as of late but what do you make of this this top tier yeah (laughs) it's it's a pretty good top tier this is going to be your 25 to 30 million dollar a year wide receiver free agency guys um the one that I, I don't know how they're going to be able to move on from Michael Pittman in Indianapolis. That's the one that I think you you have to find a way to get this guy back to Indy because you're sitting there otherwise with Josh Downs, Isaiah McKenzie, Alec Pierce. Like there's nothing else to build this 2024 team around with uh, with Anthony Richardson coming back off of the IR and coming back in 2024. You have to find a way to get Michael Pittman back on this team. Yeah, it's the Ashton Doolin, Alec Pierce, and Josh Downs. Those are the only three under contract next year. I mean, who knows? Maybe they're in the running for, you know, a, a T. Higgins, too. You know, maybe have have the nice little one-two combo. No, I, I do think that they try to bring back Michael Pittman. Um, it, it is going to be, I don't say a team-friendly kind of deal, but Michael Pittman's had a couple thousand yard seasons. He's He's been good enough, and I think... Uh, you know pairing him with a rich will be intriguing going forward but uh yeah i think i'm with you i don't think there's really a situation where he goes elsewhere but the way that market is i just don't see it no but he's going to get absolutely paid though he's he's going to demand a he's going to demand a high price tech but he's a he's a wide receiver that i i'm actually pretty interested in picking up some shares of especially as i don't have any uh, a guy that I've kind of oh. thought was in the, you know, like this just middling wide receiver two range. And I think he kind of stays there. I don't know if he ever really has the upside in this offense to get into that, into that, you know, the, the Jalen Waddle range where he's gotten up to at some points. I don't think Michael Pittman's ever going to get to that. But man, it, it just being kind of like the Chris Godwin for the next four years, that that does kind of seem like what we could see from Michael Pittman here for a good bit of time if Anthony Richardson can ever stay healthy. And even if not, I guess they bring back Gardner Minshew as well, just in case. I mean, Michael Pittman has been serviceable with with Minshew. So yeah, there's there's that option too. So I, I agree. Uh, I do think T Higgins, though, is no longer going to be a Cincinnati Bengal. I feel like he's the one that's going to be on the move. Uh He's the number one free agent in this class, in my opinion. And I do think that he's going to get absolutely paid by somebody. And that could be Houston, as you've kind of discussed, being the the future alpha for uh, for CJ Stroud, which would be a lot of fun seeing, you know, what we've seen from Noah Brown and uh, Nico Collins this year and Tank Dell. Like it's been a it's been a fun offense with some kind of smaller ancillary pieces. If you can bring in T. Higgins, that would be a really fun landing spot for him. 
It would be fun, but I've honestly kind of started to move off of that one as, uh, as Scott and a couple of others have started to mention like, Hey, you've got this young wide receiver core. You've got Nico Collins, you've got tank Dell, you've got Noah Brown. And then you've got Robert Woods, the aged vet who I don't know what his role is going to really be, but you've got three good wide receivers right now who are not costing you anything. Build up this defense, build up your offensive line. That's God awful right now. And is somehow managing to piece it together and just build build that way throughout the rest of this. I honestly don't think that it makes too much sense anymore. As we've seen CJ Stroud succeed with the weapons that he currently has. Why pay $30 million and tie up that much of your cap to really go out and get that guy whenever you can just put so much more into the offensive and defensive line, put some more into a linebacker and secondary that is, again, god-awful right now, and build up that D'Amico Ryan's defense. I think that's actually where they end up spending their money. Don't uh, don't hate that at all. Just looking at their cap space, they have $73 million in cap space uh, going into the offseason. So options are there. For sure. Um, adding to the offensive line would probably be beneficial for CJ Stroud, seeing how uh, how beat up they've been this year. But they do have they, they, they do have enough bodies there right now that I think it could be uh, could be an option. Where else would you like to see T Higgins go then? Yeah, I was just looking through that one now and kind of looking at some of the places that I think you could potentially see. Honestly, I think he kind of gets paired up with a rookie here. I really do. Um, can can we see an absolute burn down and rebuild with the New England Patriots, depending on what that looks oh. like from a coaching staff who desperately needs a wide receiver one and cannot draft for the life of them? Now, maybe that's a different GM there. You know, we've got a lot of potential turnover with Bill Belichick, maybe on the chopping block there, which sounds crazy. But um, I, I, it really feels like he's one of those guys that you've got a rookie QB contract coming in. You can pair him up with one of these Drake May or the Caleb Williams, Bo Nix, Michael Penix, uh, Jaden Daniels, one of these guys that's coming in. Give him a true alpha wide receiver one. And unfortunately, though, for T. Higgins, I don't know if that really means that he's ever going to get to that elite status unless you do see him just get paired up with the, you know, the CJ Stroud breakout. A lot of times these rookie QBs aren't great for wide receivers, at least in their first year. Yeah, the other one that kind of came to mind, because everyone knows Arizona is going to need another wide receiver. Even if they do decide to bring Hollywood back, they just it seems like they might need some more options. I know Michael Wilson's kind of fills that similar style of role, but uh, they could use an alpha wide receiver if they don't decide to draft one. Um, you know, I've been pumping for Marv this whole time, Marvin Kyler. I think that would be a lot of fun, but hey, if it doesn't happen, maybe they use those draft picks a little more wisely on on their team uh, and, and pay a guy like T. Higgins. Um, that's kind of the only other ones that come to mind. Raiders, maybe if they can figure out a way to move Devontae Adams, or even if they keep him, but it'd be just, such a Raiders move. After <laughs> you know, you you, you just <laughs> you you keep trying to fix your team with all of these all, all of these weapons instead of actually just building through your offensive and defensive line. It just makes total Raiders sense that's that sounds like the Raiders logic right there but um talking about Hollywood there as well he's another free agent uh to be I I I don't really know what to make of Hollywood I feel like he's he's flashed again same similar issues can't stay healthy now he hasn't had a healthy quarterback I just don't know what to do with him I I know he's going to get paid he's going to get a good contract I just don't know if he's ever going to be the number one on a team again yeah, he is right now, and that's the role because of kind of what they have around him. But he does need; it does feel like he needs somebody opposite of him to really make a, a potent offense work. He can't really just be the one 
deep threat and underneath guy that he kind of has to serve the role of right now as the one you do kind of want a big X on the opposite side of him. So I do think he gets paid. Um, it makes, it just makes too much sense for the Arizona Cardinals who we've talked about being so cap flush that it, it makes sense for them to give him a contract. That's probably bigger than he would get anywhere else just to keep him around, especially if they keep Kyler here as well, like just build up that connection. The connection's been good. As long as he's healthy, that's the only that's that's his biggest flaw. But he's probably going to be get paid regardless because he's a wide receiver. Yeah, we've seen enough out of McBride uh, that he's going to be around. Michael Wilson, bring back Hollywood if they do decide to draft Marv. Uh, you're set forever. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you'd be set for a long time at least on offense. Uh, Mike Evans is a, is a name that will I, I think will be on the move. I would be shocked if he decided to stay in Tampa unless they they're the team that decides to just fork over the money to have him retire a uh, a Tampa Bay Buck. But with a quarterback situation kind of being in flux, I feel like Mike Evans is going to ring chase. I think it's just kind of that time. I would say ring chase, but you know, kind of find a contending team that can pay him and like give him a chance to compete yet also get good money. Let's get that T Higgins replacement in Cincinnati. Oh, I don't hate it. I mean, Cincinnati has money. Cincinnati has a, a good chunk of ch- a change. And if you can get, I don't want to call him discount T Higgins, but like, cause Mike Williams just old T Higgins. <laughs> yeah. Just old T Higgins. Like, damn, I love that. Uh, yeah, I, love I, that. I was going through that. I, I honestly kind of hope for for Mike Evans, especially if they can keep Baker around. It's looked good enough this year. I kind of hope that he does retire a buck just for you know, what yeah. what what that would mean for him. And especially if he can keep up this thousand yard and eight touchdown pace and still be a Buccaneer and get a couple more years tacked on that. Just an absolutely awesome career that's going to go underappreciated. So it would be nice to see him on a ring chasing team next year as well, because I do love my Texas A&M graduate mike evans so it'd be nice um you know maybe maybe you get a uh maybe get another x alongside of the alongside of cd lamb there in dallas as well that could be another one that i'd look through could be there maybe you get a gabe davis replacement up in buffalo get him get him up paired alongside stefan Diggs. there's there's a lot of ring chasing teams that can use a guy like could use a guy like mike evans for a year or two just get rid of odell and just go to to the ravens have zave flowers mike evans and a lot and of teams some- and some yeah i mean like that's the thing is mike evans would be a very coveted receiver uh for this class i mean like you said it's budget t higgins i guess you know old t higgins however you want to look at that uh gonna be a fun one for sure uh, just love the player mike evans so very excited for him um calvin ridley's last one in this tier not quite the season he wanted to have yeah i mean just just re-sign him in jacksonville i guess nobody's i mean where are you gonna pay a guy like calvin ridley coming off of this year after you've been away from the game for two years everybody thought he was going to come back start smashing he looked like he was going to for one week and then it's never resurfaced again um yeah I, i don't know how he gets I don't know how he gets a contract that's really worth it. Uh, hopefully he just has a little bit of favor with the Jacksonville guys and he can just get re-signed there for a mediocre contract. Like it's not fantasy in a sense where like his value has been crushed. Like his fantasy it has, but like <laughs> for real life football, like he's looked as things like when, when you watch him, he hasn't looked bad. He hasn't, like, he's still going to get paid. Like, I still think he's going to get a contract. I, I don't think, you know, it's for not sure. Like yeah, well, he's going to be still wide receiver, wide receiver. Like, yeah, bringing Cedric Wilson's out here making fourteen million dollars or something. You know, it's, that's for sure. It's yeah, a I mean, ridiculous he's, market. 
he'll find somewhere. I do think he's happy in Jacksonville, though. And I think that's a big thing. You talk about his mental health in the past. Like, I think he's very happy in Jacksonville. We'll see. We'll see what this season. I mean, they're winning. So, like, that that may help. But uh, we'll see how that kind of transpires this offseason. Uh, you know, this will be his only chance to get a bag, though. That's going to be the big thing for Calvin Ridley is he's going to be 28, turning 29, I believe, for his next season. This is his only chance to truly get a long-term big money deal unless he just bets on himself and takes a one-year deal and hopes hopes for the best um, because we've seen him do it before as far as you know skill-wise and talent-wise. Uh, so I, that'll, that'll be one to, to watch for sure as far as what he decides to do. Yeah, Derrick Henry's birthday coming up here in a couple of weeks, and so is Calvin Ridley's. So happy early birthday to Calvin Ridley as well, turning 29. So he will be going into a 29 into 30-year season next year. Are you sure you got your birthdays right? Because I know I know Derrick Henry turns. I mean, he does turn thirty in January, but like it's we're still a ways out. But <laughs> I mean, three, he's three hundred and thirty six days old. Twenty eight, twenty eight hey. years, three hundred thirty six days old. Couple, yeah, he'll be. Couple he'll weeks. be. Yeah, that's crazy. Jeez, Louise, where's time gone? <laughs> um, but yeah, let's no, get, I mean, let's get into let's, the second tier. Second tier wide receivers, though. Break this up. Break these down for me. Gabe Davis, KJ Osborne, uh, the elite Rashid Shahid. Um, and then you have Odell, Curtis Samuel, and Tyler Boyd kind of wrapping up the this tier of wide receiver. All best ball darts, in my opinion. Uh, don't want to have to start them. I know people do plug Gabe Davis in all the time, and they're either extremely happy or they're really disappointed uh, on any given week. But that's pretty much... That's the Gabe Davis experience, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see if he stays in Buffalo. I kind of don't think that he will. I think he's going to demand a little bit too much money for what that team can probably give out. Uh, the other interesting one here for me is honestly kind of Rashid Shahid, but he is an exclusive rights-free agent, so I doubt that he goes anywhere either, especially as this team looks to move on from Michael Thomas more than likely to pair him up alongside of Chris Olave. Um there isn't really too much that's all that interesting. KJ Osborne's probably going to get paid a lot more than people think he deserves. It's kind of the uh, the discount version, maybe like what uh, Christian Kirk was here a year or two ago whenever he went to Jacksonville. Feels like that kind of a player for potentially KJ Osborne, although I don't think that he ever really becomes what Christian Kirk does in a new offense. I think that he can serve a he's going to serve a very, very good role, but I don't think he's back with Minnesota either, just because of another what what they have to be able to do with Justin Jefferson and their rookie Jordan Addison. Yeah, Tyler Board, the other one too, I think will have it more money, I think, than people anticipate, especially for his age. Um, I could see him sticking around in Cincinnati. they've got too many replacements though right like they've got they've got charlie jones they got yoshevis they've got the replacements already in line for him that is fair it just seems like he's just a a cincinnati kind of guy uh but yeah i mean with the market for wide receivers most likely a lot of these guys will be on the move they'll just be bag chasing just because it's it's available for wide receivers at this point as you mentioned if cedric wilson is making 14 million dollars a year there's some money out there for some of these guys yeah so i think the last one that we didn't really talk about here i don't have too much you know obj it looks like he's completely done cooked and yeah don't really want him on any fantasy rosters here going out if you can get anything for him do it and then curtis samuels the only other one feels like a guy kind of like dj shark was this last year that's going to command a little bit of a bag and be a good wide receiver two or three for a team yeah i do think uh you know as far as best ball targets gabe davis uh, Rashid Shahid, I'm still interested in holding. I, probably Tyler Boyd. I think Tyler Boyd is a is a good enough slot receiver, not a good enough number three that like 
he's going to find a, a role in an offense that's going to be you know good enough to to hold on to uh, for best ball purposes. But you know, there's no reason to liquidate any of these guys. Maybe Curtis Samuel, I, I just because it's been a you've just appreciated whatever value you've gotten over this last year. Like if you can get out on him, see him. But I, I like Shahid, Gabe Davis, Boyd going for it. Maybe KJ Osborne, but really he's just gonna be a replaceable guy. Like it, 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 there's none of these guys you really want to start in, in in a lineup league. So best ball darts is pretty much where I'm at with those guys. Yep. However, you know you you get it, you get one of these guys to get a bag somewhere like New England, where they're just absolutely devoid of wide receiver talent. You get them down to a Carolina, oh. and they step in, and they're almost the wide receiver one from day one. So scary. Interested. I'm still interested, especially in best ball, having a lot of these guys on the roster because they're going to get paid and they're going to probably they're going to be forced to almost step into a role with, with wherever they go if they do get paid by one of these teams that just desperately needs a wide receiver and they overpay they overpay for mid. I just don't like you putting wide receivers on the New England Patriots. Like I know they need them, but like it just feels <laughs> awful. It's like you're sending them off to their grave. But uh, uh, speaking of some potential grave uh, candidates, I'll send them to the Giants. The, who yeah, it might be the same thing. Yeah. Um, here's some cut candidates for us here as well. Uh, going to focus on some of the higher savings uh, as well. You know, two Denver Broncos here, Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick, uh, both have high cap hits, 17 million for Sutton, 16 million for Tim Patrick. If you cut each of them, you can save $10 million potentially each, like 9.67 for Sutton, 10 million for Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick is is as good as gone. It uh, feels that like. contract was insane. Unfortunately, like he got hurt, and we don't know what he was going to do production wise. But that contract was insane. Yeah, the fact that yeah, yeah, just shocked still that he had that deal. But but good for him. He's gonna get he's gonna get six million dollars uh, if he gets cut, and he's gonna take that and run. I do think Cortland Sutton survives, even though he is owed. It might be a restructure type of situation. I'd be shocked if they cut him. Uh, just because of the, of where the wide receiver market is going, seventeen million dollars. While it is a lot uh, in terms of wide receivers, it's not, you know, too crazy. Um, other cap saving casualties here: MVS, two million dollar dead cap, fourteen million dollar cap hit, twelve million dollars. If you know, if they do cut him, he's gone. Again, just the you talk about a wide receiver carousel. The the Kansas City Chiefs are just going to cycle out wide receivers. There, it seems like. Yeah, it does look like they're going to do that. And MVS, I mean, he's playing right alongside Justin Watson right now, and they're literally playing the same exact role. So why not just have Justin Watson play the role instead of a $14 million MVS who's got like 10 catches on the year? It doesn't make sense. The other big name that's on this list here is going to be Mike Williams. Uh, $32.5 million cap hit this year. $12 million dead. Uh that's a $20 million savings. So there's, I'd be, I'd be completely shocked if he happened to stay on that roster. Do you think he actually gets another contract given his injury? I mean, he, he should get a contract, but like, what do you think he's going to even command at this point? Man, it's, it's just such a riddled injury history. Like how do you have any faith in giving him any more than like, uh, I mean, does he get like a Deandre Hopkins type of contract because he's been a little bit injured and has kind of the off the field stuff behind the scenes that a lot of people don't really like where he just doesn't practice. Um, I don't. I don't think Mike Williams has that kind of background stink on him, but he, he like the injury concern has to be real if you're going to actually pay legitimate money into a guy like Mike Williams. I, I would almost think that he just restructures, especially if we don't see a, a like late season resurgence from Quentin Johnston that this team tries to bring him back. But 
again, we talked about the Chargers beforehand. They're just so cash-strapped right now. Uh, looking at their cap, but $44 million in the hole projected for 2024. They've got to clear some cap somewhere. And uh, $20 million for Mike Williams goes a long way whenever you're getting guys like Joshua Palmer and Jalen Guyton giving you a replacement level at the wide receiver right now for a guy that's not hurt. Yeah, they're going to need to make some moves. I know Khalil Mack has a $38 million one. Joey Bosa has 36. Keenan Allen's another cut candidate on the same team. $34 million cap hit this this upcoming year and $11 million uh, dead cap. So uh, nothing in post-June 1, no no discount there. So it would be a, a $23 million savings as well to include him in I just don't there. know how you could cut Keenan Allen, man. I, I don't think he's going anywhere. He's definitely restructuring, though. You're not paying him 30 million dollars not a shot like if you talk about restructure i don't think mike williams comes back but i could see keenan allen restructuring he's, he's a top 10 wide receiver in the league right now regard like he's an absolute target hog and he is just he's justin herbert's only dependable wide receiver target right now you cannot try to force him out on a minimum on, on a lesser contract <sighs> i mean he's not getting 30 million dollars though. I, I think he does uh, i Ooh. don't see i don't see them doing anything with keenan allen that I, I'd be, uh, uh, eh, maybe, maybe, but uh, yeah, no, he's he's gonna stay a charger in my opinion. Uh, Mike Williams is definitely gonna be a free agent. I don't, I don't think he's restructuring. I don't think that guy's sticking around. But, um, yeah, man, uh, wide receiver is gonna be interesting. I think there's a any other cuts that you're really interested in? D Hop, A Rob, like <laughs> yeah. I mean, the other ones we have on here: Darius Slayton cut, Allen Robinson cut, Russell Gage cut. Uh, not guys that you're ever really wanting and uh, you probably even shouldn't even have them in a lineup league and they're <laughs> fringe on a best ball roster anyway. So that doesn't really matter. We did go through DeAndre Hopkins. Both of us kind of think he stays, but there is a potential if they wanted to do a June 1st cut on him, they could get out. But again, they are the projected number one team or number two team behind the Washington Commanders in terms of money next year with $87 million freed up. No chance that DeAndre Hopkins isn't here to try to build and grow with Will Levis next year. And even if they did want to cut him, they're not going to post June 1. They'll just eat that money this year. Like True. They're just, yeah, I mean, there's no you, reason you to push it. it all in 24 if you wanted to. But again, there's not really a reason. So yeah, I, anything I else you got with wide receiver? Um, this, is, this is still where, especially... I'm still much rather park my money and some of these park my assets into some of these wide receivers that will have jobs and will have roles next year. There's not as much variance as the running back. So if I have the choice to park between a running back and a wide receiver, I'm definitely going on the wide receiver side, but there's still a lot of variance. Like what does the Mike will, what does the Mike Williams contract look like? Where could he possibly go? Um, and a lot of these fringe guys as well, the, the, once you start getting into like the MVS, the Zay Jones, I know he just had a personal issue as well off the field. So we'll see how that plays out. But a lot of these guys, it's going to be interesting to see if they don't resign with their own teams. What does their role projected look like? Because it's going to be baked in, especially if you're off your rookie con, you're a little bit older, that 28 years and older. A lot of it is based into, hey, what does the production look like for me this year? Yeah, and I think the the other part to kind of take into account with this is the fact that you're going to have a very, very, very good NFL draft class for wide receiver. Uh, so you know that's going to be a, a, a massive impact for some of these guys on the rosters whether it's marvin harrison malik neighbors rome mecca buka xavier worthy you know keon coleman the list goes on uh xavier leggett from from south carolina troy franklin there's there's a lot of names a lot of names in this upcoming draft class that can replace uh some of either these aging assets that are that are kind of on their way out um or even just find their own roles as number ones on their team 
Uh, so this is, you know, some of these guys are going to be gone. Some of these guys are going to to absolutely be gone. But yeah, I'm, I'm parking my money in those guys that are going to have jobs next year. Dynasty's too short of a window right now. DeAndre Hopkins is still going to have a role uh, next year, no matter what. You know, same thing. We just talked about Keenan Allen. Sure, his, his dynasty value is not there right now. Uh, but yet people will buy him. I, I had offers, unfortunately, on contending teams uh, with a trade deadline as of tonight. And it's like once I accepted the trade, um, I would not be able to trade this pick. But I got offered a 25 first for Keenan Allen. And it was so hard to, to, to say no to that just because I'm a top three team in that league. And that team was also a contender. So it's just like, man, am I just going to sacrifice one of my starting wide receivers for some some for a first? But just a random first two years out yeah it's hard to do it's tough but yeah i mean i'm never gonna get that offer again never gonna get that offer again for keenan allen so it's it's an in-season thing when he's scoring points same thing d hop when they're in season scoring points those aging guys have value uh but Cortland sutton should have have some value here as well i think you know at least be a rosterable player going forward um but yeah that's that's wide receiver here anything else you want to touch on with wide receivers before we dive into tight ends Nope. If anybody's scared about the offseason, though, and where they potentially go, T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, Mike Evans, Hollywood, those are the four that I'm perfectly fine with parking some capital into. Yep. Absolutely agree. Um, yeah, Ridley, unfortunately, just uh, yeah. a little bit worried. Unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I sent out a second, and somebody tried to counter with a first and a second to me, and that was uh, laughable. Ooh. But, um, yeah. The league is the league format is a little bit different though. It's one of our it's one of our more complex leagues, so it makes a little bit more sense there. But still, I'm like, you're you're lucky to get a second almost anymore from Calvin Ridley. I haven't seen that man move on a roster in ages since that like week one to three range. But yeah. any anything else in wide receiver? We can move on nope. to the tight ends and wrap us on out of here. Yep, tight, it's kind of a, a weaker tight end class in a way. Um, free agents are going to be excuse me, Hunter Henry, Dalton Schultz. Um, excuse me, Everett and Gesicki dying over here. And so once you have those four, I mean, that's pretty much it. We do have a few, you know, rookie tight ends coming in, but um, I think all four of those guys will have a job. Gesicki needs to get, I mean, I don't know, I guess that, who knows both Henry and Gesicki will probably end up resigning back. Yeah, I'm, I'm tired of the Gesicki experiment. I'm, I'm done. Uh, it's, it's never going to happen. Um, I'm just, out on it <laughs> never gonna happen we'll see though i mean like we said with the patriots before what does that team look like next year it could be completely different from what we've known for the past 25 years so interested to see what happens to those two schultz i do hope we're able to resign in houston keep him paired with cj stroud if he stops fumbling he's a very good tight end uh, other than that, we do have a couple of cut candidates and some older guys. Zach Ertz, if you're worried about a little bit of Zach Ertz potentially coming back, even though he's like 33 years old and ruining a little bit of your Trey McBride shares that he's been hyper targeted by both Josh Dobbs and Kyler Murray here over his first week coming back. Uh, Zach Ertz, uh, $5 million dead cap, a $12.5 million cap hit. You can save seven and a half on the books by cutting him. Arizona is cash flush, but this is going to be Trey McBride's team. Uh, so if you want to buy into some Trey McBride going forward, they could perfectly find there. Mo Alley Cox will be cut, save $6 million against the cap in Indianapolis. Tyler Higby is one that's interesting for me with the Los Angeles Rams. $0 dead cap and $11.6 million cap hit. The contract is good enough to where I think he could stick around on that deal right now, but interesting to see with a zero dollar dead cap nobody is abs nobody is safe from just being 
Hey, we're not, we're not going to pay you anymore. We're going to sign some, we're just going to sign replacement level. Logan Thomas is the other one. Who's the older one. Don't know what this team is going to look like at tight end with John Bates and Cole Turner, not really doing anything as the replacements. Logan Thomas with a $1.8 million dead cap, $8.3 million cap hit. You can save six and a half. If you cut him going into next year, Again, Washington Commanders are the first team in projected cap, cap cap though going into next year. So another one where cash flush team could just eat the contract and let him build a little bit if they don't find another replacement for Sam Howell, who looks to be the quarterback of the future there in Washington. All these guys, though, it's tight end. What does it matter? They're all just replacement level guys. So if you can pivot and tier between the position, go ahead and do it. I think that's it though. Like, I think that's why all of these guys, I mean, maybe not Ertz, Mo Alley Cox, but like, and or Logan Thomas, if he doesn't get a job or if he does get cut, but like Henry Schultz, Everett Gesicki, while they're not sexy names, like I'm interested, like I, I, for tight end, like if they get a role, absolutely. Best ball. Absolutely. Cause they're all replaceable. Any one of these guys could pop up. Maybe not Gerald ever because of what we have or haven't seen from him this year, but he's been good enough in the past where it's like uh, in best ball, these guys could all hit your lineup. Gesicki could go to a situation where they actually utilize the tight end as a, as a, you know, a, a move tight end versus having him in line. And it's, and it works out great for him, but None of these guys I'm bailing out on, though. I think I think that's the thing with these with these tight ends. Like I don't want to. I just don't want to take anything. I'm not just going to be like I'll just take the fourth just to have like they're gonna they're probably going to remain to be replaceable level tight ends. So if if that fits the roster construction for whatever format you're playing and you need the one or two replacement level tight ends, or if it's best ball and you need five of these guys, you can just plug in the back of your roster. I don't see any reason to desperately move off of them just because we don't know what their situation is going to look like in 2024. Yeah, the only thing with that kind of in mind is I just don't think there's enough incoming tight ends that they're going to get replaced. You know, we talk about it with a quarterback position and things like that. I do think that these guys will have starting opportunities, you know, as far as Henry Schultz, Gesicki, potentially, you know, him and Everett, I think would be the ones that you know, you, you kind of monitor, but um, they're going to get opportunities. They're going to be on the field. They're, they're going to be in two tight sets. And that's just kind of where I'm at. Like the, there's just not enough incoming bodies to replace some of these guys. Um, wide receiver, there's going to be a lot more flush young talent coming in to try and replace even number twos, number threes on the roster. Uh, so it's something I'm, I'm monitoring. And then running back, obviously, is just always in flux. So just something to to kind of keep in mind as we're you're pivoting this offseason, looking at the 2024 class, what what talent is actually incoming? Um to potentially replace some of these guys because just because there's opening holes or they're free agents doesn't mean necessarily like there's going to be, Oh, just someone just plug and play right there. It's like some of these guys are going to move around. Some of these guys are going to, uh, to find new homes, new starting positions. And we're going to be shocked. Like we're, we will be shocked. Tony Pollard is going to sign somewhere and he's going to be buried or it's going to look like he's the number two on the depth chart. Um, or, you know, two of these free agents sign in the same spot for, for cheap, you know, cheap deals. And you're just like, what the heck is going on here? It never ceases to amaze me what happens in the off season. I'm never shocked by, by, by NFL free agency or the NFL draft craziness is going to ensue and we're all going to be frustrated for fantasy purposes. <laughs> it never seems like it's the, it never seems like it's the optimal outcome, right? Like we no. always sit here and we say, Oh, if the Mike Evans just goes to Kansas city, Oh, if the, if the T Higgins just goes and he, he, he pairs up with Josh Allen in Buffalo, it's going to work out perfectly. And then we see it and they go to like the Cardinals 
Like that, that feels like it feels like that type of stuff happens every year where we get so excited about the optimal and the best case scenario outcome for what, especially these free agents, you just sell yourself on the hopium of what they could be. I definitely did it with DeAndre Hopkins this off season, whenever it was definitely looking like he was going Kansas to move. And then, he line, and then he winds up in Tennessee <laughs> with Ryan Tannehill and a rookie Will Levis. Like, the, don't sell yourself on the hopium with these guys. It's so much better. It's so much better to give yourself the worst case scenario whenever you look at these guys then give yourself that hopium best case scenario outcome. I don't want to be betting even the wide receivers, even the ones that we said I'd be willing to still hold on to and not worry about exactly where they go. I'm, there's still risk inherent and there's so much more risk inherent than any of the guys that do have the contract that have their role locked up. So it's just something to look forward to, especially as you get to the trade deadline here, especially if you have one of those leagues that locks up until like free agency yeah. of next year, those are the worst leagues. You just sit there and you have to look at these, assets just die off one by one on your team get out of them now get the liquid draft capital (laughs) pivot yourself down pick up you know do do the small tier downs do the hey can i get a player back and get the second a lot of those deals aren't happening anymore because it is it does seem to be the predominant strategy right now but get out just try to try to liquidate get yourself into the stable asset of draft picks and future capital that way you can reinvest it later it doesn't depreciate in value it's only going to go up from here so whenever you whenever you have that inherent risk, it's better to move off of it now. Yeah, you talk about you know this whole exercise going through these free agents and like you know, we we always look at the the optimal result, right? Like oh yeah, just put put a talented wide receiver in Kansas City, you know, give give uh, Josh Allen a real number two, and it's going to be you know spectacular. Doesn't always work out that way, and. I feel like if you go through the exercise, go to SpoTrack, find a website where you can look at like what's actually going to be on the roster in 2024, figuring out like, oh, look at this, you know, the the LA Chargers only have, you know, a certain number of wide receivers actually on the roster. They're only going to be, you know, rostering one running back, you know, figuring out what an actual team need is and not just specifically for the Chargers, but going through each and every team and like looking, it's like, hey, look, a lot of these times, a lot of these guys that are going to be in pick five through 15 of the draft could be taking, you know, Marvin Harrison could be taking some of these top wide receivers. And we're just like, crap, this is going to be another you know, Arthur Smith situation in Atlanta where it's like, great. Do I really want the number one wide receiver on a run heavy team? Like sure you do, but for fantasy sake, like we're starting to understand how this works. Do you really want JSN as the, as the for sure number three wide receiver on his own team or those situations are going to happen. Some of these free agents are going to sign in situations that aren't necessarily ideal. So it's the exercise of understanding what the situation is to, to understand all potential outcomes. Yeah, obviously T. Higgins is probably going to get a contract to be a number one somewhere. Most likely. That's that's the most likely outcome. Uh, where that is going to be, who the quarterback is going to be is, is a whole other story. But you have to understand the situations and those potential outcomes that could either improve your dynasty asset or absolutely demolish it. And then you have to make a decision from there of like, Hey, is, is moving this player now in the best interest of, of my team? So uh, it's a, it's a good exercise to go through to really figure out what you need to be doing going forward. Yep. Absolutely. Love doing this one. We're going to get into the quarterbacks next week, spend a lot of time diving into all of those guys, all of the guys that could be replaced. Does, does the Mac Jones survive another year in New England? Probably not. Where does he go? Does he get another job? Is he a starter next year? Ryan Tannehill's now a free agent and it looks like Will Levis's team going forward. Where, where, where does that land? Where do all of these rookies land as well? If we do have 
four first rounders coming out as it kind of appears like we might have right now three to five kind of guys that actually matter and look like they could have starting roles going forward scott connor just did a fantastic destination chill over in his episode on monday if you want to go back and listen to that one projecting and looking at what from an overarching standpoint what the rookie class looks like and looking at it from a lot from the quarterback position as well so go back and listen to that one make your determinations now like we've said a lot of a lot of stuff is going to have to happen with a lot of rosters here as you either pull yourself out of contention push yourself down to the bottom get your team set up for next year or if you're pushing yourself in for the rest of the season this is an exercise that if you are one of those teams that is looking a little bit more towards the future i think it's definitely worth going through and seeing what these assets look like for your team going into 2024 and much like the nfl uh does with their players when they say hey look this guy's gonna be a free agent next year maybe we should trade him maybe you should be doing that same thing with your your players too and figuring out like can the situation get worse? Is someone in a really good situation now where you're like, well, this this actually could end up being a, you know, DeAndre Hopkins. We thought he's going to be worth a first plus because he's going to go to Buffalo or Kansas City and he ends up in Tennessee and no one wants him. Like, it's going to happen. So can you maximize and capitalize on what the value you have in some of these assets are right now? Uh, so start looking at that before these trade deadlines and act. Uh, hit us up. Hit, you know, in, in Discord, ask us some of your trade questions. Hit us up on Twitter. I have I get DMs all the time. People asking me questions about what to do with their roster. We're we're happy to help and kind of walk through this and and see how we can help you guys maximize that. Um, anything else you want to touch on here before we wrap out? No, pay to uh, tap in if you're a part of destinationdevy.com. Tap into the waiver article that's dropping later today that I'm dropping. Uh, we've got some <laughs> we've got some repeat guys from last week because their roster percentage is still so low. Did change it up a little bit going forward. We we opened it up a little bit, so it's not as constrictive. I'm not giving you the Dion Jacksons anymore. So uh, <laughs> we're, tr- we're trying to open it up a little bit, give it a little bit more realistic uh, advice to you, at least ten deep. And so uh, I think that one actually dropped last night. So maybe you've already opened it up and read through it and started getting your waiver wire set up um start start spending some of that fab too if you've got a hundred dollars of fab you probably don't need that at this point in the season start blowing some fab i've started to do that over the last two weeks percentages no longer matter right like it's like there's no budgeting at this point but uh yeah again tap in destination make sure you find the tier that's best for you so you can get in the discord get access to all of uh the destination articles uh, again the podcast make sure you tap in here to destination debbie radio and thank you so much for joining us here on the overreaction podcast 